Hi, Steph. Hi, hello. Nice to see you. Oh, and hello, everyone, and welcome to our very first episode of Let's Colour. We are so excited to have you along to chat about all things colour and decorating. Isn't it literally our favourite thing to talk about, Marianne? It is literally our favourite thing. This whole process will really save my husband's ears bleeding with my constant chat about colour, so I'm really glad I've got an outlet in this podcast to talk to you about it. (laughs) Well, my husband, Steph, he's colourblind, but he does weirdly have an opinion on the colours I choose. He bought some purple towels for our teal bathroom the other day. That is a crime. It's just like they are going to have to go back when he's not looking. Absolutely. I think that's surely got to be a red mark on his record from now on. I mean, I can't even believe you passed the interview phase with you doing things like that. And I've had to be so kind and polite about it. But they are going. Oh, you're a nicer wife than I, anyway. So let's not talk about husbands. Let's talk about what you've been up to. Tell me what you've been doing. Well, I've just been busier than ever. I've been recording mini makeovers in my spare room, doing decorating tips and colour workshops. And I've decorated the spare room six times already since March. I've been catching up on what's new and exciting in the design community. And I've been working on a palette of colours that could help people who suffer with migraine suffer with them less. That's amazing. Wow. That is a super busy kind of couple of weeks you've had there. (laughs) How about you? Um, Yeah, I've been really super busy as well, actually. I have been tackling some jobs in my son's room. So my son is uh, is part one of a set of twins and uh, we moved him out (laughs) ages ago uh, into his own bedroom and I've sort of really neglected the state of his bedroom. So we finally moved it on from nursery onto kind of small boys' bedroom. So um, really kind of making the most of the time by tackling that project, really, which has gone really lovely. And also, I feel like I'm, I'm old before my time saying this, but I'm really enjoying the garden right now as well as I'm sure you are in this lovely weather but yeah I've been catching up on all kinds of garden jobs painting various fences and sheds and all kinds of stuff and I tell you what I'm particularly enjoying planting my own vegetables how life has changed for me I'd say over the past year or so I spend my Friday nights catching up on Gardener's World and dreaming about my vegetable patch which I didn't think I'd say five years ago. A bit of sunshine helps the old productivity though, right? So I've managed to get so many jobs done. However, we can't talk about the weather all day long and neither can we talk about vegetables all day Mm -hmm. long. Shall we talk about what we're doing today? Absolutely. We've got a jam-packed show today. First up, we've got our colour lookbook where we unlock the secrets of one special colour in detail and give you some great tips on how to use it in your home. Then we're talking colour to fashion designer Kitty Joseph and to finish the show on a high, we have Dr Dulux in the house who will be diagnosing and treating some of the most popular decorating dilemmas you might be suffering but have never dared to ask. So let's get cracking. In today's colour lookbook, we'll be finding out about the most powerful colour on the planet and helping you navigate how to use it successfully in your schemes in your own home. It's a colour that's embedded in our culture as the colour we use to express our strongest emotions. It stops us in our tracks. It tells the world how powerful and lucky we are. It's fast, it's sexy, it warns of danger and it beats through our hearts to keep us alive. It energises and draws the most attention. And on the 14th of February, it is exclusively the colour of love. And it's the colour in decorating that we find most difficult to use on our living room walls because it just demands so much attention. Yet we'll happily use it in the bedroom to spice up our love's lives or in the kitchen or in the dining room to make food taste better and conversations flow. So have you guessed the colour yet? Well, of course the colour is red. (laughs) 
So Marianne, when I think of reds, I immediately go to these really strong kind of statement, brash fire engine type reds. But actually, when you think about red, it can have loads of different personalities to it, can't it? Yeah, it can many think from those kind of punchy pepper reds, those kind of like in your face reds to a beautiful, delicate blossom pink, which is everyone's favourite colour at the moment. So what we thought we would do is pick a few of the most popular and our personal favourites and really help you understand how you can use them to best effect and talk about some of the lovely coordinating colours that will really help them work for you in your space. Shall we start with those kind of up in your face, really loud and proud, punchy reds. Yeah, definitely. They're the ones that come to mind, aren't they? Yeah. Reds like pepper red and wild yeah. poppy and Russian red. And they're unapologetic, aren't mm-hmm. they? The kind of red you would wear in a really nice dress if you were going out and you wanted to have a, uh, well, wanted to have a nice night out. <laughs> yeah, they just, they're the reds that really like demand the most attention, aren't they? They are the Ferrari type reds of the world that just need you to look at them, right? And that's, I think, why they're so intimidating to people in their interiors. Have you got a personal favourite? My personal favourite for a real punchy red, it's Coral Flare, actually. Mm, I love that colour. So it's got a pinkness to it and a freshness to it. And it's one of those colours that I think when you put it into a space where you want people to come together and to eat together or chat together, that's the colour that really, it's it's not scary. It hasn't got that sort of scariness to it. And Coral Flare, it just feels very modern. It teems really well with cool neutrals. Mm. Now, what about those really dark reds. The dark reds, I I always think of dark reds as having a very, very different personality to those really light, clean reds. And the dark reds I'm thinking are of reds like cherry chocolate and dark garnet and ruby starlet. These are the ones that look like red when you've turned the lights off. These are the kind of colours that actually, the reds that if they were a person, they would be pole dark basically. Yes, I get where you're going with that, totally. Perfect reds for the bedroom. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I'm not in the market for any other children, but if I was, I'd be putting those colours on my walls for sure. I completely agree with you. If I were going to use red anywhere in my home, I would definitely be using these kinds of reds, I think. You know, these darker reds that almost kind of go into browns or, you know, really deep like burgundies or purples are just really really beautiful and I think look really beautiful also in like layers of colour as well so with other kind of different colours like your greens or blues they can look really lovely I've actually got dark garnet in my alcove in the office here that we're actually recording the the podcast in which Marianne can see but not all the rest of you unfortunately but I'm as soon as I saw this colour it's in our colour futures palette which is our kind of sort of more trend-led palette and I just I fell in love with it and I just knew I had to have a space in my house that I could use it and it's the most beautiful colour and I'm now actually thinking about painting my front door in this colour as well it's just got such a sumptuous like almost kind of velvety kind of nature to it, hasn't it? It just looks expensive. So with the cleaner reds, it's hard to put them on all walls. But with these deeper reds, the quieter reds, you can paint the whole room, the skirting boards, the doors, and they just look amazing. They're kind of posh as well, aren't they? They've got this classy thing going on. And I don't know what that is, but it just seems to be when you turn the lights out on a colour, it just makes them really sophisticated. One of the things about red, it is the most advancing colour 
It's the colour that when we look at it in any situation, it actually looks like it's closer to us than any other colour. And so when we put it on our walls, it creates this feeling of an interior. In, in one sense, it makes it cosy and warm and intimate. But in another sense, it can be really overwhelming and overpowering. So when you're using red in any form, you have to really think about where you're going to use it and what it's going to do to that space. So what's your favourite really strong red and how would you suggest you'd use it in your home, Steph? Well, I can really see why red is really intimidating to people, particularly if it's in a space that you're going to use a lot. So I can really understand why people feel quite intimidated to use red, say, in their living spaces. But I think it can work really, really well when it is in somewhere that, you know, you're not in all of the time or that you just want a little bit more energy around. So I really like some of the reds that have like a little bit more of an orange kind of undertone to them. And I think there's some really nice kind of coral reds out there so I really like pepper red I wouldn't use it on an entire wall because it can be quite overwhelming as you say but I think picked out as like an accent on a small area of the wall or in maybe some of your accessories it can really add a lot more energy to the room and particularly as I say in those kind of kitchen spaces where there's usually a lot going on. Now another red that you can use all over the walls without worrying about it is is pink pale red that we would call pink. Exactly. And I, don't, I think people, well, as soon as you say red, people think oh, like red. They don't think of all of those kind of, you know, those tones of red, those like real kind of subtle areas of red, which basically we know as pink, right? They are some really beautiful colours in there, particularly, you know, great for, you know, younger children's bedrooms maybe, but there are some really grown up kind of sophisticated pinks as well, aren't there, Marianne? I love the fact that we've reclaimed pink as a grown up mm. colour. Even the word pink is quite fun and childish yeah. and, and useful. Yeah. But but pink, it's almost like the new grey and we love these pinks. So the cleaner, brighter pinks tend to suit younger people and for a sort of nursery. But when you add grey to those pinks and really quieten them down, they look amazing for grown-ups. So colours like ash rose, that gorgeous, almost dried and pressed petal, the dried petal colours. And blush pink, which is just that little hint of blossom. But without the sweetness, those colours look amazing on all the walls. Yeah, it's absolutely. Pressed petal in particular, I would highly recommend that people go and and have a look at because it just seems to bridge the gap, doesn't it, between a kind of pink, but it also has a bit more of a kind of neutral like backdrop to it so it's not it's not going to feel like it's overly feminine but it's not going to feel like it's totally masculine either it seems to be one of those colors that most people when we've talked about it you know on our sort of social media channels that people can just identify with it straight away which i think is makes it one of those really important colors that we overlook and we're falling in love with all over again for lots of different reasons it's a color for now as well it has a tranquility to it but an, a soft energy if you as a person gravitate towards pink then, you know, do it, you know, put it in your home. Absolutely. That's fantastic. I'm definitely going to paint some more things pink in my house now. So let's get on to some colour know-how. This is the bit of the show where we talk to some amazing experts about their attitude towards colour and they share with us some of their incredible secrets. This is one of my favourite parts for sure. I'm really looking forward to who you've got on the show today. So who is going to give us the rundown of colour know-how today? Well, we've got the fashion designer Kitty Joseph. So my name is Kitty Joseph and I'm a print designer and I have a clothing label which I've I've actually had for gosh 11 years now I can't believe it now I know you 
And you're one of those people that walk down the street and you are like a human peacock. You are the most colourful designer and all of your clothes are so amazing to oh, look at. You. There's a joy that bursts from your design. So what is it about colour that you find so satisfying? Well, I suppose I love the fact that with colour, you're just on a constant kind of journey. It's, it's sort of like an endless discovery. I'm sure that you've found that from, you know, a career of working with colour and kind of becoming intimate with it and finding all of the different effects that you can create with combining colours. And I guess that subconsciously I've I've worked with colour and been drawn to it because, um, and I work with kind of, I tend to work with kind of more bright, joyful, uplifting colours because actually in my day-to-day -day job, it can really make my life quite nice. <laughs> I, I kind of have the philosophy that colour is something that you can kind of live with. It can be a way to help you thrive in your life. It, it, can be a, it can be a tool to kind of enjoy life a bit more, I suppose. You're wearing the most beautiful shades of, I can see this shades of cerise to a gorgeous, really joyful, clean oh, red. You. And our colour of the month, we are talking about pinks, pinks and reds and red uh, being the sort of solid mother of, of pink really, and pink being a yes. pale red. They're a joyful combination. So tell me how you would use them in your work. What does it mean to you as a, as a, as a designer? Red is such a, an interesting colour to talk about because actually I've got, I actually found, a, I'm a bit of a geek. I found a quote from Derek Jarman that says, red protects itself. No colour is as territorial and it stakes its claim and it's on, on the alert against the spectrum, which I thought is, was quite amazing. And then he also said that red is rare in the landscape and it gains its strength by its absence. And with red, like a lot of the language that we use around it, you know, like if someone has like a shock of red hair or they're wearing a flash of red or, you know, it kind of has these like associations of being sort of quite attention seeking and gaudy, but actually, mm. you know, it can come in so many forms. And I've got another geeky quote from Joseph Albers from his interaction of colors saying that if, if one says red and there are 50 people listening, it can be expected that there will be 50 reds in their minds. And one can be sure that all those reds will be different. <laughs> I just thought that was so interesting. So have you got one top tip yeah. for people who are scared of colour in fashion? One <sighs> one piece of beautiful advice, Kitty, that they can take away with them from, from listening to you. I don't go out and buy a lot of clothes and, and I think it's very important that we don't treat sort of our purchases in a, in a throwaway way. So if you're unsure about working with a, a new colour and you're thinking of sort of wearing wearing a dress and you're not sure that it would suit you, I would, you know, the place where you work, perhaps find something that's close to that colour and live with it and have it around you for a while. Think about whether you enjoy seeing it and how you kind of become accustomed to it and live with it. And and maybe with spending a bit of time with it in your line of vision, you might kind of be a bit braver about going out and and thinking, yes, maybe maybe I will get this. But I, I do I do have to say again, I think when shopping for yourself, don't worry what anyone else thinks. <laughs> I really really <laughs> believe passionately that if you know if your friend or you know who's shopping with you says, oh God, that's absolutely vile, but you love it, get it. <laughs> <laughs> I could not agree more. I could not agree more.
If I put you on a desert island, Kitty, and gave you one colour to take with you, along with the works of Shakespeare and the Bible, which colour would you take with you? Oh, God, I don't know, because there'd be, there'd be a lot of blue from sky and sea on the tropical island, wouldn't there? So maybe I wouldn't need... <laughs> oh, God, this is so hard. Just one. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> I think... Oh, I think I would just take the cobalt blue. Yeah. I can't choose the whole spectrum, can I? No. <laughs> I do like the idea that that we kind of need a full range of colours in our life for the same way that we need a, a balance of vitamins. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully there'll be lots of lots of um lots of multicoloured things on this sort of tropical island. So I'd have that. <laughs> Kitty Joseph, you are the most colourful, joyful, amazing woman. And thank you oh, so much. Thank you for having me. It's actually really cheered me up having a chat about colour with you. So thank you so much. Oh, great pleasure. Okay. <laughs> So now we move on to one of the parts of the podcast that I know our listeners are going to really enjoy, where we ask our very own Marianne, aka Dr. Dulux, to answer your real life decorating questions and DIY dilemmas. So we could talk all week about colour, but if we aren't helping you get it on your walls with confidence, then we have failed in our mission to add some colour to your life. So we've taken a few of our most popular queries and answered them for you. And I'm sure there'll be things that you have always wanted to ask. Exactly right, Steph. And we want to hear those questions you've been wanting to ask, but just didn't know how to. So Marianne, are you ready for today's decorating dilemma? Always ready. Okay, so our first question is a really great one and a really important one. What is the best way to recycle leftover paint? Well, the best way is just don't chuck it out. Use it up. So there's loads of people clearing out their sheds, their cupboards. But actually, what we need to do is to reduce, reuse and recycle paint. And what that means is that every last drop you should keep and do something with it. So it could be anything from make over a chair or putting some paint on canvas or putting it on a plant pot but just don't throw it away that's the most important thing there are so many things that you can do with just really small bits of paint aren't there absolutely uh, whether that's painting on a canvas or whether that's doing a piece of upcycling there's loads of stuff that you can do right absolutely and uh, i mean a micro makeover if you've got a few tester pots you can put shapes on the walls so one of the lovely things to do at the moment is to actually create a uh, color blocking on walls and that literally takes a tea cup of paint and everybody's got a little bit of paint knocking about somewhere so the first thing to do is don't take it to the tip try and reuse it and so keep it around and reuse it but if you do have to take it to the tip you have this fantastic scheme called community repaint and you can check out where these places are so at local um, household refuse tips around you they will be community repaint centers where you can take your old paint that you don't want to use and they will take it in and they will uh, donate it to charities and good causes in your area so there never is any need to throw away paint or to waste it at all yeah and i would definitely recommend checking out the Community Repaint website, which we will put a link to, because there are so many sites nationwide. And this is, I think, one of our best kept secrets, one of the best kept secrets about the scheme in general. And the best thing about it is not only do you get rid of your paint from your shed and free up lots of new space in your home, but it all goes to a great cause. And what could be better about that? Another great tip is to buy just enough for your project. So don't buy too much because everybody's got that half tin hanging around. We've got a paint calculator online and it tells you the square metres if you work 
work out the square meters of your walls, it will tell you exactly the right amount of paint that you need to use. So really, it's about reduce, reuse, recycle, which is, you know, always the adage when it comes to anything around how to operate more sustainably. The three R's. Yes, the three R's. The three R's. Exactly. We should work in marketing, <laughs> shouldn't we? So hopefully there's some really great tips in there for anyone who's listening. And I know that it's definitely something that we all want to take more notice of. So as we've said, check out those links and make sure that you are reducing, reusing and recycling your paint responsibly. On the website as well, there are all sorts of micro makeovers and some fantastic how-tos and videos on what to do with little bits of leftover paint. So check out the Dulux website and you'll be inspired. Absolutely. You have been uh, charging ahead with some art classes recently, haven't you? So, And I know they have been going on a storm with people. So if you if you find yourself with a few spare hours and uh, a few spare tester pots, then definitely check out our art classes on the Dulux Instagram channel and also on our website. Dr. Dulux. Are you ready for another decorating dilemma? Yep, fire away. So again, this is a really fabulous question and one that we all make a mistake on when we're doing a project, particularly me, because I do get a bit excited right at the beginning. How do you make your paint job last longer? The easy answer is it's all in the prep. So preparation is everything. So if you're cooking a lovely meal, you need to have all the right ingredients before you start that meal. And if you skip any of them, it's not going to taste just the same. And so it's exactly the same in decorating. Make sure you've got all of the right kit and make sure you do the prep properly. And what I mean by prep is cleaning the room really well, sanding down the walls, filling up the cracks, sanding down the filler, and then uh, priming, undercoating and top coating. And those are all of those kind of things it's almost like you've got to eat your greens before you have your pudding. But if you don't eat your greens, your pudding doesn't taste half so good. So you really have to do that prep. And if you don't do it well, decorating just doesn't last. It will fall off, it will flake, it will crack. If you just paint over a skirting board in a top coat and you haven't cleaned it and sanded it and filled it, it just comes flaking off. That's what a lot of people think that there's something wrong with the paint and there's nothing wrong with the paint. It's what's wrong with the prep. So you cannot skimp on the prep when it comes to decorating. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, th- this is one of our most asked questions because I think we, you know, as I alluded to, you know, when I buy a new tin of paint, all I want to do is crack the lid and just get it on the wall so I can see like that massive impact that it has. But it is really important to just make sure that the wall or the skirting or the door that you're painting is really in its best possible state to make that paint last longer, but also make the colour look as good. Because we're all going to be a bit feeling a bit let down if that colour is let down by the prep that goes underneath it. Absolutely. And there's some fantastic products. So Polycell do these amazing range of products. There's two of my favourites in there. My favourite, one of my favourites is a lightweight filler. So if you've got a big hole or a big crack in a wall and, you know, normally with a normal sort of standard filler, you'd be filling it a couple of times and sanding it and filling it and sanding it. This stuff just goes in, it holds its shape. It's amazing. It's so easy to sand down. And then it just gets the, the perfect finish so quickly, double quick time before you put your top coat on. And then another of my favourite um, products for preparation is a Decorator's cork. That's C-A-U-L-K. Decorator's cork is the best thing in the whole wide world. So the gap between your skirting board and your wall, fill it up with a flexible cork. It's such good fun and it makes the room look seamless. So there are amazing products to make that job that we don't like. Nobody likes the prep, but there are some amazing products out there to make it much easier. I don't think I've ever seen anyone be so animated about decorator's cork before. I love it. Yes, it is my favourite ever. Look, your face is lit up and everything. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> so there we go. Dr. Dulux prescribes 
decorator's cork and polycell for filling those cracks before you do start your paint job. The other thing that I really wanted to ask is I know a lot of people are living in spaces maybe where they have got a kitchen that they want to renovate, but maybe don't have the budget to buy a whole new kitchen and potentially want to do a paint job um, on that kitchen. So have we got any products that you would recommend uh, or prescribe, sorry, that we could get people to use when they're doing a paint job on those more difficult surfaces? There is a primer for difficult surfaces. So we have a Dulux primer for difficult surfaces. And, and so the most important thing, clean it down really well first with sugar soap, rinse the sugar soap off with clean water and a cloth. When it dries, apply a, a, a coat of primer for difficult surfaces let that dry and that's water-based so it dries really really quickly and once that's dry you can apply two coats of quick drying satin gloss or eggshell um, and and that's your finish it's incredibly simple to do it's just if you get that prep right so cleaning primer for difficult surfaces and that will work on melamine on pre-varnished surfaces and it will make the paint stick really 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 well and it's a great way to make a massive impact in a space that you don't potentially have the budget to change but you know a a simple primer and a paint job on an old kitchen or or something that you just need to give a little bit of a zhuzh to it's a great way to do it isn't it for a real um, budget price absolutely and or you can if you change the handles you've got a whole new kitchen for for a few pounds and, and a weekend absolutely it doesn't take long to do so i would definitely recommend that people just have a good primer in your um paint store because that will come in so handy across a lot of difficult or more tricky surfaces for sure and the the last thing i guess on this point um that i just wanted to bring in is also just make sure that you're using the right product for the job as well because there are so many different products out there you know make sure that if you're if you're in a busy space if you're in a busy family home or you're in a busy hallway or staircase then make sure you're using an extra durable product because that is one sure way to make sure that you're not repainting next year or even in a few weeks. So definitely make sure that you're using the right product for the job because that is going to make your paint job last longer too. Steph, I'm upgrading you to the locum. Oh, thank you. I've, I've been I've been uh, promoted. Yeah. Well, you never know. Tune in, <laughs> tune in next time, listeners, and I might well be uh, promoted I'm to, again. I'm going to be the consultant and you can be the doctor. All right, fair enough. I'll take that. I've, I've probably got some uh, making up to do, right? So there were some really great tips there. Thanks very much, Marianne. I definitely think you've earned yourself a cup of tea after that. I absolutely have. It's always a pleasure. I just wish we had time for more. I know, but sadly, we do have to move on. However, um, it is worth pointing out that Dr. Julux aka Marianne, does do regular uh, Q&A sessions on our Dulux Instagram page. So it is definitely worth looking out for those if you do have a burning question or you need some help with any of the things that we've talked about in this section today. And of course, you can always find plenty more information on the Dulux.co.uk website. And of course, we'll link to everything that we've highlighted today as well, just to give you some extra tips as we go through. So this is the part of the show where we want to talk about feel-good colour, and that's colour that really makes a difference to the way people feel. And here we want to talk about real-life stories that where colour has made an impact on somebody's day. Now, Marianne, you told me a lovely story earlier. Okay, I'm going to tell it again. This was something that happened to me yesterday, actually, and I was out doing my exercise. I was walking to the park where I was going to do a, do a run. I was feeling a bit miserable because I'm not mad keen on exercise. And as I was walking down the road, I saw a woman in the garden. She was doing her gardening and she'd got a 
beautiful golden yellow front door. And as the sun was shining and hitting this front door, it just made me smile. So I got my phone out. I asked her if I could take a photograph of it. And she said, oh, I've just painted this front door. She said, I, she said, I, I didn't know what I'd feel about it to start with, but it's absolutely beautiful. And as I was taking a photograph of the front door, somebody came down the street and she looked at the door and I heard her say, oh, that's really lovely. And then somebody else came down the street and I heard them say, oh, isn't that a lovely front door? Isn't that a lovely colour of the front door? And it made me think how the power of that colour, so yellow, it's uplifting, it's happy, it's the colour of sunshine, it's the colour of optimism, it's the colour of joy, it's the colour of welcome. And what a perfect colour for somebody's front door. And I went on and did my exercise. I can't even remember the exercise because I was smiling so much because that was really the power of colour there and then on my way to do exercise. And that's how colour can change everything. One tiny front door unites a whole community in joy and happiness. So there, that's my feel good colour story. That's such a great story. I love the fact that A, that lady had felt that she could paint that wonderfully bright front door colour in in that lovely yellow. It sounds amazing. Isn't that what feel good colour is all about? It's about making people feel happy through the medium of colour. And what is better than that? Thank you so much for listening today. We always have so much fun recording this and we really hope that you enjoyed listening too. If you have a decor dilemma for Dr. Dulux or feel you need to confess a questionable colour choice to get it off your chest, then get in touch as we'd love to help. Pop us an email or send us a voice note to askdrdulux at axonobel.com. That's A-K-Z-O-N-O-B-E-L.com. Oh, last thing, we would really appreciate it if you could take a short minute to just rate and review the show. Absolutely, because if you love colour as much as we love colour, we want to keep doing this. And we knew at this, aren't we, Steph? Absolutely. And your support really does mean everything to us. So thank you for listening and do take that short moment. But for now, see you next time. See you next time. Bye.